I think the biggest red flag that you should be concerned about is if the price is too cheap, you're probably never going to see your car again. <laughs> That's fair. Because people do it all the time. And when you get these smaller shops that are doing this, sh mm -hmm. they'll buy jobs. How does that work? Like, I'll just tell you whatever you need to hear so that I get your money. Oh. So it's like, it's going to be $10,000. And you're like, ooh. And you're like, uh, I'll probably do it for eight. And you're like, hey, <laughs> how about 7,500? Now they think you're doing you a favor. Like, well, I'm doing it cheap for you, bro. Oh, I see. And then your job always gets pushed to the back because they're always yeah. looking to get new money in. Welcome back to another episode on Modify with Trick Factory Customs. If this is your first time watching, my name is Elvis. Tim. I'm Rob. And uh, on this podcast, we talk about custom cars uh, because we uh, have a custom shop located here in British Columbia, Vancouver, Canada. And um, on this episode, we are going to be talking about sketchy car shops. Or yes, shops. or how to choose? I got yes. a couple on our on our list yeah, already. And how to pick the right custom car shop? Oh, because yeah. um, there is a lot of stigma or some stigma going or go, that goes around with custom car shops. There's a lot of things about like you give them your car and you never see it again, pretty much. Or you give them your car like uh, T Pain. I don't know if you've seen the story of T Pain, but. He gave his uh, drift car, I think, to a custom shop, mm -hmm. and uh, it was completely ruined. After like four years of nothing, they returned the car, and it was it came back in worse form than it left. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're going to be talking about that and how you pick the right custom shop. So with that said, we're going to dive right in. So how is it going? Porsche is an ice blasting. Porsche's at Ice Blasting. RSR, Porsche RSR. Rob did a bunch more Skylark things. We did some Viper thing. Oh, yeah, Viper. Yeah. This is there. They're still working on the 190, so I think that's fully polished now and ready to go. Mm -hmm. And so, Rob, what did you do on the Viper? Uh, it's, uh, what year is it? It's like a... 2009? 2009, so what is that Gen 4 Viper yep. and... This customer had an ACR ECU, am I right? Yep. Yeah, so he had an ACR ECU and he wanted it in. So Tim installed that for him last year, did the headers on it. Um, he has an aftermarket exhaust system in it. So um, the ACR ECU, uh, the theory is, is it's, it's, I mean, it's sending off engine lights with it installed. So it was, it was taken back out of it. And uh, according to some knowledgeable people on some forums, uh, our customer decided he wanted to do a cat delete. Ooh. So we did a cat delete on it for him. So we, uh, we made it so it's, it's, it's a reversible thing. We put flanges on it. Nice. Made some like, we, I guess some people call them test pipes. So there's some cat delete test pipes in, in place now and the ACR ECU was reinstalled and we just finished that and flashed it up yesterday and it sounds nasty very shit. nice that's it's, it's it's pretty cool throwback things too we're doing chopper things oh, that's right oh yeah tim's been finishing off uh, a really cool little west coast chopper cfl frame that we got sweet um it's in the final stages of assembly and alex that's did a some pretty scanning. it's a pretty cool bike it's alex made sweet. some taillights or something yeah he scanned the rear section because originally we had done a taillight and 3d printed it out of resin but we made a few little revisions and he did that and it turned out amazing. Mm -hmm. That 3D scanner, man. Yeah. It's amazing. It's magic. So cool. It's magic. It really it's is. It's like so the magic wand in I know. the <laughs> car world. You just wave it. 
I think that's going to lead into and our topic point. today. Yeah. Like, if you don't have one, don't go there. <laughs> They're not far enough along in their, <laughs> their development because cool. it I is know. so crazy. Yeah. So we're going to dive right into the topic of conversation, which is um, sketchy car shops or picking the right custom car shop to build your car. Um, like I mentioned earlier, um, there was a story that went around a few months ago um, just about T-Pain, uh, the musician. He met this guy that owned a custom car shop and I think the guy was teaching him how to build or how to like drift or something. He hadn't learned how to drift at this point. Mm. So it was kind of teaching him and then something went wrong with the car. I think he like nicked it a little bit and he was like, oh, I'll take this back to my shop and I'll get it done. It'll be fine like next weekend. But uh, a few months turned into a few years. He ended up taking it on a video shoot on like a use it for a TV show. Used it, destroyed it. it. Fixed I know. it without telling. Yeah. <laughs> I know, fixed it without telling. But then the video came out online of the, of the TV show and him saying, <coughs> yeah, T-Pain was okay with me taking this car. Or Oh, wow. I know. And so T-Pain, of course, saw all this and I started a whole drama thing and... Yeah, because he returned T-Pain O'Fan like, okay, I've sent you enough money. I've sent you thousands and thousands of dollars in hard cash, and I haven't seen any results yet. And he was like, sure. He sent them the car back to T-Pain, and it was a disaster. I'll try to put pictures of it here, but it was a 240SX, and uh, there was like a Pickle Rick wrap that is known for the Pickle Rick car. So... Uh, he wrapped it, but it was so bad. The new wrap was so bad. The bodywork was bad. You've seen the video. I've seen it. Yeah, oh, it it's bad. so bad. Like really bad. <laughs> so bad. And so that kind of spiraled us into talking about this topic of knowing reputable shops to give custom cars to. So, thoughts? Hmm. Hmm. Well, I mean, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't consider anybody you know an option to you know take my car or, or anything to to have them work on it unless i could see like a direct history of really great results um that's pretty obvious if you, and logical if you think about it i but mean just, you can you can clearly see i mean you can't really hide anything nowadays social media is wide open for the world to see mm-hmm and like it, it, you easily see a history of either really janky shit or really great looking things. And then like once you have that kind of some sort of like sort of idea in mind, then you go have a conversation with these people. If they come off as shady fuckers, then don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if anybody's yeah. trying to, I, I'm person, I'm old school enough that when I'm talking to somebody. Mm-hmm face to face if they're not giving me direct eye contact mm, i automatically you know feel like they're shady yeah yeah um so i'm i'm old world enough to think that that's one of the things that's kind now of important. most people are just socially awkward so that doesn't <laughs> necessarily apply anymore yeah, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. I, maybe maybe that might be true um so it's kind of an, a combination of, of like build histories uh, i think that's the key to the whole thing because <clears throat> like any other Pick in. I, I do this every single time. Yep. It doesn't apply to like it applies in every other industry. Like if you're going to kitchen renovation, you'd want to see examples of previous work. Oh yeah. And if you're doing like a major renovation per se, it's like, can I talk to like some of your previous customers? 
Oh, oh, It'd be interesting. An easy thing. Or you're going to see <laughs> other work. Like, hey, can you give me some examples of, of what your you've work? Done. Yeah. Like, it shouldn't be that hard. And if they can't produce that, you should probably go the other way. Well, you should definitely, that should be raising a few flags, anyways, right? Like, any, any, any previous customer or anything like that. I mean, as, as a, an employer of people and, and a creative person, you should be pr- proud enough and confident enough in what you've done that you can allow any random customer that you've ever, that you've not done work for to go and talk to anybody that you've ever done work for. You should be, you should be, cause you should have enough pride in what you've done. And, and if you can't do that with any kind of, you know, measure of confidence, no, but, Maybe you never did a good enough job. I feel like some people are very good at hiding some stuff too, because true. Prime example at this guy's shop, he's like, "Yeah, I work on supercars," and so he has pictures of supercars at his like what shop website, all that stuff, and yeah, and so I feel like there's still ways that you can hide all those things, or like I don't know. Yeah, no, yeah, that's, that's true. I, that's true, and but like. If, if you're referring to like, if so, if I was T-Pain yep. okay, and some dude said, yeah, I'll, I'll build you a drift car. I work on supercars. I'd be like, ah, I don't know if I want you to build me a drift car. You work on supercars. There is that. <laughs> so I mean, it's not the same. That, like right now, we're just kind of shit talking this particular guy. But yeah. if you're actually legitimately looking for a custom shop, you need to find one that does what you need. Okay. So if you want a drift car, I'm going to go to the drift car shop oh, and I be see. like, hey, you guys built drift cars before? And I mean, at the same time, we never built an EV vehicle before. And someone <laughs> exactly. came to us to build an EV vehicle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's based on a track record of accomplishing multiple Prior different things. builds and different levels and for yes. different purposes. So there's a certain amount of confidence that you can have because it's like, hey, everything's here for you to see. If you don't like it, you don't like it. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, that's good. Whereas if you have nothing and you're just relying on their word and there's none of these whizzy things around or you can't like even me right now i don't think there's a customer i couldn't call to get them to come bring their car so i could show another customer that's pretty cool <laughs> like if they wanted something similar i could be like hey i can call this guy get him to bring his car you can have a look at it wow and if you think about it and you're here every day yep. every car in the shop is being built on a previous premise of a car that we'd built before oh, like I oh i love this car that you built so i want this done yeah so it's like that's how you build a track record and you see what it's like here mm-hmm. like we have our customers here every day and we're ball busting them they're ball busting <laughs> us and it's like you have a relationship with them right away but it's like there's uh, yeah i don't know you go into some of these other places and you're like where do you guys do the work? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, this showroom is fantastic, but <laughs> where's the work get done? Yeah. Whereas here, we don't have the showroom. We just have all the work. Yeah. So when you yeah. walk in, you walk in right into the middle of it, and it's like, okay, there's a lot of stuff happening in here. Mm-hmm. This place is late. And everyone that comes in here says the same thing. Like, there's shit happening in here all day, every day. Yeah. Whereas a lot of these places, it's like, if how often do we get to go to events? True. Like barely these guys are like if the only car they've ever finished is theirs and they're at every single event every everything i would be suspicious man it's <laughs> like i don't have time to do all that stuff yeah 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 like it's yeah there's lots of tells yeah if the best car they've ever built is their car mm. 
It's probably on somebody else's money and somebody else's time. How does that work? Well, you see so many people get cars in based on a car that they've built for themselves, which you have to do. You need a calling card. Of course you do. Mm -hmm. But the problem is, is like they'll sell the dream based on that car, but you don't know how much could that car cost or how long long it it took took them them to to get to the point that it's that. So you have no baseline. So a lot of these cars you never saw when it was broken down. You don't know when the car was started. (laughs) You don't know any of the, you know, the, how, what got it to here. And then show me another example. It's kind of like the dyno tuning guys. It's like the one car they tune perfectly is there. Their own car, yeah. Might have took them three years to figure it out. So it's the same with these guys. Like, okay, cool, your car is awesome. Can you show me some other examples of your work? Mm -hmm. And if there is none, then that's it. He might have made that car perfect, but it could have took him five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can't afford five years of shop time. Mm -hmm. There's no way. No. And then how many cars go in... Oh, there's so many examples of this <laughs> where they have their car. You go to their shop. There's like five other cars tore apart that. <gasps> Yo, I didn't even think of oh, that actually leads me to a, literally another example. It is uh, a YouTuber that uh, I'm sure if you do some Google and you can check, but uh, he and I heard about this. I don't know how true it is, but uh, it also happened like a, maybe a year or two ago. Um, he built or built like, I think rx7s or i knew it was a very specific car or i think it was gtrs i don't know oh, gtrs yeah i know the guy you're talking and about. um the, and the, he was the guy we yeah, actually had a guy. customer in here <clears throat> bragging about this guy oh, to no. what level he was doing things and then yeah. finds out he was doing it with everybody else's shit yeah so what he what he did or it's allegedly like automotive ponzi scheme <laughs> allegedly would take parts from other people's cars and build another car of his own or build like a, another customer's car or something and pretty much just be moving that around and pretty much taking money from them constantly at least allegedly this is what i heard uh because we don't want to get sued <laughs> over here but yeah he had the craziest gtr collection mm-hmm. and he is basically using other people's parts to finish current projects so it was literally like an automotive ponzi scheme yeah oh, wow. like i take your parts to finish his car <laughs> get another guy in, take his parts to finish your car and it's just constantly moving mm-hmm so yeah and so there were so many which is really cool now for the internet because it exists so people can go and recount experiences but if you go to like some facebook pages like people were just bashing and bashing and so there was some other news that came out about this guy and all of that stuff but it goes to the i didn't even think about it when i was talking about this topic but yeah that's another big thing i feel like that happens of um they just take the money and use it on either their car or someone else's car so yeah well have you guys ever dealt with a customer that came from a previous shop like that yeah we've had customer cars in our shop that were pulled out of other shops where they're pulling shady shit there like it it, um it used to happen quite a bit more often like locally Mm -hmm. um yeah it's it's of course i mean this is not a new thing there's lots of there's lots of shady we literally had one shop actually call us okay and it's like what the hell are you saying to my customers that they're pulling their cars and bringing them to your shop (laughs) i was like it it has nothing to do with me they're coming to me because of the way you're treating them yeah Mm. so it was like it became a thing that shop ultimately i think by time they were done had like five million dollars in lawsuits or something against them for doing even just doing stuff that people weren't asking for wow yeah so that was the opposite. Like most shops aren't doing what they're being paid for. These guys were doing stuff 
that they weren't asked to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you pick up your car and it's oh, a completely and they bill different car. You, oh, they yeah, have different car. Shit oh, you. gosh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there's that opposite end of it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of these shops, it's, yeah, especially smaller shops. And I'd say another thing that you need to look for, and it's another thing that nobody seems to do in our industry, is what's your background? How so? Like, why do you think you can build custom cars? Mm. Like, do you have a background in mechanics? Are you a legitimate fabricator? Are you a welder? Are you, like, everybody in our shop has a certification in something. Okay. Every single person. Rob's a licensed fabricator, welder. I'm fabricator, welder, mechanic. I hold mm. Red Seal tickets in it. Our auto body shop, same thing. Everybody has some form of a ticket that they've expanded upon. But a lot of these small custom shops are like, they just have a custom shop because they want a custom shop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't have any foundation for it other than a love of cars, mm. which once you start working on other people's cars, might not be enough. I was gonna ask, so is that, what about that is a bad idea? Like if you have, for example, I love cars and I've, for example, built one or How long do you think your cars? custom shop would last? <laughs> It's this whole Probably YouTube not. thing. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. you wouldn't get someone to put a roof on your house unless they were a legitimate roofer. Yeah, no, that was exactly what happened with um, this this GTR guy because people have watched his content and so they assume that he, because he works on his cars, that he can build their cars or their dream cars yeah. and all of that. But so you, you haven't like encountered a case where it's like like a practical case of that working out where it's like, they just love cars, but don't have like the proper documentation. I don't think it's unreasonable to imagine that that is possible. Like you can, you can just be passionate and love, you know, cars enough to, to get good at what you do. I mean, it's, you know, of it's not unheard can. of. There's of lots course. of all kinds of things, mm -hmm. construction guys, woodworkers. Of course you can be self-taught and get super good at it. But if you're trying to choose one, mm. If you don't have a history or like a body of work to show as an example, a simple question going in the door is like, what are your credentials? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's How good. long have you been here for? Mm -hmm. What uh, What do you do? What have you done? What like, have you yeah, done? And, and it's completely related to whatever you're maybe inquiring to have done at said custom shop. Like if you go to a custom shop and you say, hey, can you make me from scratch out of metal something for my project and if they're like uh yeah probably uh not maybe but like if they're a welder or a fabricator you should be able to have some level of faith in knowing that they could probably pull it off mm -hmm. or they should have some examples of having done it before yes like it's a roll cage is not an easy thing to do so thinking you have the ability to build one and actually having the ability to build one <laughs> is two different things yeah like you got to educate yourself on it too like have a little bit like if you go in there like hey can you build me a roll cage and it's like yeah like okay cool can you show me like you know what kind of bender do you guys use what do you have and it's like oh we don't actually have one yet we just use our well, hands and i think yeah, and it's I think, like there's lots of little tells that are going to be and then there's might be shops it might just come down to strictly aesthetics mm -hmm. like you're you don't want to bend your aesthetic to somebody like we get it all the time. Like we turn around, turn away a ton of work, like ton, like, Hey, I want to do this. You're like, nah, I'm not into that. Hmm. That's not what we do here. Yeah. There's other opportunity, but, and then that's, I get a lot of people that want us to do something, I guess, just because it's us. 
and then they'll try to bend their project like okay well what would you do mm-hmm. like well no i still don't <laughs> want to do it like if i'm not into it so it's being honest with yourself <laughs> and finding out what the project is and then just doing a little bit of homework that's it yeah yeah so like any prospective client or, or person that owns a car they're gonna they're gonna want to go to a shop and they're gonna you're gonna want to ask these people these shop owners you know lots of questions i mean you need to ask them like specifically like as an as the example a roll cage if someone came to me and said hey can you build me a roll cage i'm like yeah i can build you a roll cage but what is it for like what what is your roll cage what's its purpose you know because i mean there's different rules and regulations and things to build for for different sanctioning bodies mm-hmm. different different uses you know, if it is purely aesthetic, you can kind of go wild and do whatever you want. It's just artistic expression. But if it's for a specific racing purpose, you, there's rules that you need to follow. And anybody with, you know, any kind of experience that, you know, is enough to back up their abilities would know to ask questions like that to the client. What do you plan to do with it? So what about timeline? Whenever you're building something for a client, for example, say- like... I don't think timeline is really a factor in this situation. Really? Before timeline, I think the biggest red flag that you should be concerned about and which is why most people end up in problems with their projects is how much. Like if the price is too cheap, you're probably never going to see your car again. (laughs) That's fair. Because people do it all the time. And when you get these smaller shops that are doing this shit, Mm -hmm. they'll buy jobs. Like I call it buying a job. How does that work? Like, I'll just tell you whatever you need to hear so that I get your money. Oh. So it's like, it's going to be $10,000. And you're like, ooh. And you're like, uh, I'll probably do it for eight. And you're like, hey, <laughs> how about 7500 And then you'll never see your car oh, again. Oh, I because see. Because they're just trying to get stuff in yeah, yeah. for whatever it takes. And then they lose interest or the job is bigger than what they quoted. And then it sits because now they think you're doing you a favor like well i'm doing it cheap for you bro. oh i see and then your job always gets pushed to the back because they're always yeah. looking to get new money in all mm. the time and it sucks it happens and it you'll end up in a situation like that and then that's why those cars are sitting in the back because they brought them in way too cheap so if you go to one shop and they're like i want an ls swap and you're like it's going to be between realistically depending on which one you buy 15 and Mm $25,000. Everything included. Everything Uh included, turnkey, you're ready to go out the door. Like Mm -hmm. that's, there's a range there, of course, based on you want a basic LS1 or you Mm -hmm. want, you know, sky's the limit. pretty broad spectrum. Pretty broad spectrum. But if you go in and it's like, yeah, we can do it for you for four grand. (laughs) You're like, "Mm." but of course you're like, oh, that's that's awesome. freaking cheap, man. That's awesome. I said (laughs) 25,000. Yeah, that's crazy. And then in the car goes, you never see it again. Or... (laughs) You get a $4,000 engine swap. Oh, that's not yeah. the best. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I would say that's probably because it costs a lot of money. Like, you see, we get customers all the time and they're giving you examples of million dollar cars. Like, how do you think they end up being a million dollars? So, it's it's not a cheap thing to do. And if the price is too cheap, you're they probably already got problems. Ah, uh, that's interesting. Okay. I would have not even thought about that. But yeah, not picking. So, we not literally got a job cheapest. because I, we were three times higher than anybody else he asked. Wait, what do you say? We literally got a job in the shop because we were three times higher than anybody else. <laughs> I know. It's, 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 what? It's, it's kind yeah. of mental to think about That's that. That's crazy. 
but it's true because and this client is like yeah so i asked around i shopped around a little bit and asked a couple of different places and you guys were three times higher and there has to be a reason for it so what is the reasoning <laughs> And so we broke it down to him. Like, this like, is, this well, is why this, it is. You need this, oh, you need this. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, right that there. makes sense. In hard Done. parts. You guys got the job. Wow, okay. That's because everything had been accounted for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a decent amount of labor to actually accomplish the goal. Mm -hmm. Whereas everybody else and was a reasonable like, you couldn't, timeline even, too. you couldn't even buy the parts. Mm. It's turned unreasonable, but. <laughs> well, yeah, because <laughs> he's a very know. patient guy. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's. Uh, that's pretty cool. That's, that's a real thing. Yeah. That's a real thing. And then, but so talking more about costs, what if, and there's could be a lot of factors that play into this part, this point, but what if you bring the, they bring the car in to a shop and then they quote them, like, for example, talking about the LS swap, they quote them for, or let's say five, $6,000, but like six months later, or not, no, let's even say like three or four months later, they add another few thousand and then keep on adding like is there yeah because you don't want to get jacked that way but like how does that work so i mean well, that's, that's has a, to be a justification for it okay like if you're just like hey i need three thousand three thousand three thousand it's like well can you give me an idea of what it's for mm -hmm. that should yeah, be it I, like it shouldn't oh, be that hard very very clear and transparent communication is is critical yeah in everything like oh a miscommunication issue is a common thing you hear all the time it's like no nah, man like I if, don't if think it should be that it, because all the information is readily available yeah. like you go on the internet and you look up costs it's going to be plus or minus a certain amount yeah like you can't tell me that the like if you use this part by name brand and you look it up it's going to be Say it's a six hundred dollar part, you might be able to find it for five fifty or six twenty five, and if, as long as you're within that range, that's so fun. Yeah, you're good. Mm -hmm. But if it's like, oh, I had to get you this, and it's thirteen hundred, <laughs> you're like, what? Why? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. if they start padding parts and like, and that's the thing, you can't be afraid to pull your car out of some place either. Oh, so if you get that first ding and you're not seeing, you know, like the worth. Yeah, and at the same time, you can't be adding stuff. Like some people are constantly adding, changing their mind. That's a completely different conversation. But if you go in and you've given money and it's like a month later, nothing's happened, you should just pull your car right away. Wow. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like that's also a hard thing to do because I feel like you, like similar to when we're talking about cars or getting invested in like different types of cars or whatever, you get invested in a build and you are almost like, there you're like oh shoot like you're excited for it and so i feel like that is probably one of the hardest things to do is to pull your car because you're not only like abandoning that thought of or like that shop in general but like i don't know i feel like it's that's a hard very hard thing to do so i feel like you shouldn't just pull your car out immediately like for like no i'm saying like to be after justified. a passage of time like yeah. if it's been three months mm -hmm. and if they're ahead on the money it happens to us all the time we don't take money we haven't worked for oh so because shit changes constantly like things get delayed things get pushed when things don't happen fast enough but if i don't have your money chances are you might be disappointed your project's not moving fast enough mm -hmm. but you don't feel ripped off mm -hmm. like you're never going to feel ripped off because it's like we've worked up to this point now we have to you know finish this because we're waiting for this or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. timelines move there can be disappointment because there's unforeseen things all the time but if you're not ahead of the money 
then people can't really get mad at you and feel uh, like cheated. Off, yeah. Feel cheated mm-hmm. because then as soon as they start to feel cheated, or you feel cheated, like man, I gave you five grand, and you've been a month, anything. you haven't done nothing. Mm-hmm. So, like, what's going to happen here? That's when you need to start getting concerned. Oh, okay. So the way you guys typically do it is. You work on the car first and then bill after mm-hmm. the like work Like every you've two done. weeks. Yeah. Every two weeks. Yep. So, and then if there's a two-week period where you can't, you know, like, hey, can you guys slow down a little bit? Cause, you, <laughs> you can't catch up. But for the yeah. most part, we try to screen our customers and make sure they have all the money to keep mm-hmm. it moving. And then the manipulation of timeline is usually how parts come in and all this type of stuff. And that might change. But you try and, like, we've gotten better at, like, if it's a month's worth of work, mm-hmm. I'll tell you it's going to take three months to get done because oh, things okay. happen, things change. Yeah. We need to be able to jump around and address other projects. And You're other waiting things. on parts. Waiting on parts. So that's a big thing. So you have to give realistic timelines, yep. whereas a lot of these guys don't. And then if you don't have proof of work, like we'll bill based on proof of work. So whatever's on your bill, you can come and look at it if mm-hmm. you feel you need to. Yep. But if you don't have that, I wouldn't give any more money. I see. Okay. So like you you need to establish that relationship at the beginning yeah, and give realistic timeline. But a lot of these guys, small shops, they need to get money in. So they'll tell you whatever Mm. they need to hear, work on your car for three, four days, and then jump on the next guy's car. Or they got to get money from the next guy because they already spent the money from the last guy. And it turns into this vicious, it's super common in the customer. And it's hard not to do. Yeah, It's super hard not to do because you're so lean. And a lot of these small guys are only one or two guys. So to stay ahead of it is tough. tough yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they might not necessarily intentionally be trying to do it, mm-hmm. but it happens. It happens. It yeah. happens. So that's pretty cool. I feel like that gives you a lot of accountability to be able to, yeah. because yeah, because again, you're not going to be like, Oh shoot, I'm getting this money and I've not done anything. And I'm like, maybe I'll just use it for blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Little things here and there. And yeah. before you know, it's all gone. Yeah, no, it's too easy to happen, right? And then so a lot of times do you it. don't have money to get the parts you need to do the job. Mm, oh, yeah. So then you're screwed. So, I mean, like custom shop stuff is, you know, they're small guys. Yeah, that's and, a very slippery And the slope. biggest problem is, is in the custom car world, I would say almost 90% of custom car guys yep. aren't great business people. Yeah. <laughs> we were not great business people. It took a long time to like get there but when we went in it's like oh the business part's easy we're just yeah. gonna build awesome cars and take money yeah so most guys have zero background in business and then it's that's the their single biggest struggle in the whole mm-hmm. thing it's like money in money out and it's like they're never paying attention mm-hmm. and we've had to learn and adapt yeah and it's a constant evolution of of learning business as well because it's it's critical it'll make or break and as the shop grows it's more and more and more important. So Tim is having to like learn shit all the time. Like it's, it's constant. Yeah. I was going to ask you, you guys that, but do you guys take any like classes and stuff or no? Like it's just practical stuff. So far, well, most well, of it's practical now. I mean, you've probably done a fair amount of like reading and, yeah, so and I mean, like, and you start to pick out in things that you like situations that you need to deal with. Mm-hmm. And then you can search out those topics individually. But as far as like, taking classes there is some available that Mm -hmm. just became that are very tailored to our industry oh nice that i'm interested in taking even at this point like we've been in business 17 years and i'd still take a class now (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's all because it's it's a great idea you never stop learning right Mm -hmm. um we've been like we've been really fortunate like in our early days um 
you know, especially you, Tim, like you, you were able to be mentored by some really, really, you know, very successful business people that helped us sort of like kind of figure it out at the beginning and like, you know, get your, get off running on the right, on the right path. And that was kind of critical. Uh, that was, that was really good. I mean, we've evolved a lot since then, but now we're uh, at the cusp of a whole nother level because now mm-hmm. you're trying to scale yeah and like produce parts and you know all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff so it's a whole nother thing to learn yeah and even from that i bet you also learn from yeah you learn from experience because even the parts production for example like we were trying to, uh, we've been trying to make the evo wide body kits for a few for a while now yeah, and we've been and trying to do it in our own country and yeah it seems like it's impossible mm-hmm. But it's, again, it's just things that you learn, and they're like, "Oh yeah, it's probably worth it to go to to have it manufactured in another country, um, and all of that." But what is also really interesting too is that you, even though yes, we're, we have the we've listed multiple people, to, we've told multiple we've told multiple people multiple times that we're getting the parts, we're getting these things made, but we don't take any money for it mm-hmm. like you don't yeah, be like, like oh yeah it's it'll be 10 grand give me give me well, some how money. many people have you <laughs> seen that have here. offered to pay deposits yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and i was like until i have something solid in place yeah i don't want their money smart because yeah. if it goes sideways the next thing you know you're a piece of shit yeah you may not have been intended to be a piece of shit mm-hmm. you just end up a piece of shit <laughs> and then you're like because i got told by somebody like all everything i wanted to hear and i was ready to go we're like let's do it so I'm like, okay, I got a solid guy. He's mm. ready to do it. He told me this. And if I hadn't waited to see what it yeah. was going to be like and held back, if I just started taking deposits, like, hey, we got a guy now, pre-sales are in, I would have been fucked. Disaster. And it was, you know, like, unless you're smart enough to like, oh, okay, we're going to put this in an account and just, but you don't. <laughs> no. You never do. Obviously you're like, okay, no. money in, we got opportunity. Yeah. And you use it on something else. And then this guy falls through and I'm trying to refund 40s people's deposits. Mm. It's, you can't do it like it's crazy yeah fortunately we didn't make that mistake and we you know we we did a bunch of checking on that guy that we were going to use too his we went to his shop he was we a had a face to face he was he was legit like he was a legit manufacturer and we were really really excited about it because his stuff was awesome yeah he did is it the like guy that awesome. I, I went to his shop yeah, yeah that was pretty cool really nice work yeah but really nice our work just didn't fit in with mm-hmm. what he had going on yeah and so then he ended and then, up not being the right guy yep yeah it just fell through and, and it was kind of unfortunate mm-hmm. but. and then we brought in somebody that like they wanted to step up to the plate and do it and they weren't able to do it mm-hmm. either so now it's like now we got to try to you know go to another country and do it which is a process in itself like mm-hmm. it's a whole nother evolution yeah so but it's always just learning though like like we've talked about like you're always constantly learning and evolving um because yeah you can't especially doing things at the pace that we are now you can't keep doing it the way it once was because for example because you guys could make your own parts like you've made fiberglass well, we can 100 percent do it but it doesn't make sense because <laughs> then we're not doing something else yes so i'm not a i don't want to be a fiberglass guy and how much money can you make being a fiberglass yeah, yeah. guy mm-hmm. as like a, you're essentially becoming an hourly employee of your own company mm-hmm. when there's opportunity for me to be doing other things that are you know where my time's better spent mm-hmm. we 100 percent could make it but at what expense yeah 
which just doesn't make sense. Like we need more people. Mm -hmm. So, and we even tried to bring people in house and it didn't work out. Yeah. So, but yeah, anyways, back to the custom shop. Yes. Custom shop. (laughs) I would say price timeline and then their abilities like proof of ability. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Proof of ability, like their body of work. Yeah. Yeah. And it shouldn't be a hard thing to do. And if the only car that they've done, I mean, of course, if you're up to it and you see potential and you think this guy is the guy and you want to give him opportunity, sure go for it yeah. it happens lots like we hear it about it in our industry lots where you get a guy that's got some money and he sees potential in somebody and wants to give them opportunity mm-hmm. and it works out great but how many times does it not work out great yeah you know what i mean I, it, it always comes down to like you know reading the character of the of the people in your conversation i mean it comes down to that mm-hmm. like every single one of us started somewhere like we didn't just you know, we weren't just born with these abilities to <laughs> to create awesome things like that. That's not that's not real life. So we all had to start in in a place where we had to take a chance and figure it out. And you know, we had clients that gave us opportunity. You know, it we ended up donating a lot of yeah, our own time. Mm-hmm. You know, because you you can't charge out for that. Like as a business. You can't you can't justify the cost of what it's going to cost by the hour. Yeah, when you're figuring it out, you just can't do it. So until you get to a point where you believe that <laughs> nobody else could do it faster, mm. then the hours just become the hours. And yeah, wow. Even for myself, you look mm. at it, you're like, oh man, that's expensive. <laughs> but I'm confident that it couldn't have been achieved any, any faster. faster. So it just is yeah. what it is at yeah. that mm-hmm. point. So that's that body of work. Now you have that to look back on. You can be like, okay, I have a history of creating all of this. And this is, you know, you can see the history of quality improvement along the along that sort of timeline. And that's what you should be looking for. As a customer, you should be able to look and see that. Like, okay. You started here and, you know, your latest project looks like this. Like I can visually see it looks nicer now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And more than likely, it's probably faster, you know, and maybe it costs a, maybe it costs a small fortune to have it done. But you should be able at least to see the quality of work, especially now with social media. Yeah. Like, yeah. I think you just posted something where it was like a collage of all the cars we did last year. Mm-hmm. And I even forgot yeah. <laughs> really? how many things yeah. have come and gone, like 25, 30 different things. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're following somebody on social media and you don't see that any progress, that turnover, yeah. or they're always just working on the same thing, you got to put hours for that. Like, hey, this isn't making sense. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? So, you got to see some turnover. Like, you should be able to follow along and see stuff moving yeah like even here we joke about it all the time we have 12 customers so it's like oh working on the viper again but it's something different it's mm-hmm. something new and it's like this evolution of all these different projects but they're coming and going yeah and they're being used and they come back which is an testament to what we did the last time so it's like that's another thing like do you have repeat customers mm-hmm. do you see this sort of repetition there's lots of tells that like you know yeah that are out there yeah and, and you after can a little go to while a, and sorry, like after a little while too, like those repeat customers, they bring some other other friends. Yeah, it's referrals. because because it's because of what you've done, mm-hmm. you know. And like it's a, it's a small little world. Uh, there's like you know 
that what is it like the seven degrees of separation kind of kind of thing where like this person told that person and like if you put it on on a piece of paper you can oh these people all know each other and wow it's like a big web of of referrals right now based on your body of everybody in the shop knows each other (laughs) yeah other than the the guys from ireland like they all everybody is yeah sometimes they see each other on the way out they either know each other or they're friends or they're Mm -hmm. aware of each other or they're in a similar industry then it's like that's just the way it goes Mm -hmm. and that should be an easy thing it's easy to check up and we'll check out customers the same way you should be checking out builders well because it's a it's a relationship Mm. and some people it's like okay if you were having stuff done over here and now you're not anymore and those guys our impression of those guys is like oh they're a decent shop like why aren't you taking your car there anymore? Mm-hmm. Like what happened? Or why are you here? So if you're here for something that you used to be able to get done there, there's a reason. There might be a reason. So I need to know what the reason is. Is there falling out? Or like, are you an asshole? Like we need to know why, or are we doing something that's outside of the scope of what they do? Then mm-hmm. it makes sense. It's mm-hmm. an easy thing. And you can check out like, Hey, this guy wants me to do this is, is he hard to deal with or whatever? Oh, no, he's a great guy. You should take on his work. Mm. We do it all the time. Like one of our best customers came to us in that very same way. But at the same time, he didn't recommend any of his friends or any of his, you know, circle to us until he felt we could do the work. Mm-hmm. But I also wanted to add, when we were talking about that, got me thinking about let's shift it now to let's flip it around to the customer versus you guys like unrealistic expectations of the customer or the client because that i bet is also difficult to manage a lot because sometimes they might expect you to be here but you're on this other angle and like how do you guys usually i don't know if it's related to the topic anymore but i was just curious of how do you like align all of that because sometimes they're real the expectations of like timeline for example like we've talked about it before Timeline's always a big one they drop their car off on friday and they expect they it to be done by monday yeah 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 i mean that's clear communication is Mm -hmm. definitely the way to sort of mitigate any of that problem yeah but i mean it happens Mm -hmm. um yeah being able to say no yeah so at that point (laughs) when we're talking of like taking cars out is there a point that it would be that you're like okay this customer is repeatedly blah 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 and you're like okay your car is not going to be at the shop or like requesting them to take the car. Like, is there a point that are reaching a customer? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it happens. It's happened to us. I don't think we've really had to do it, but Mm -hmm. we've definitely had to reset expectations. Okay. Like even recently we had to reset expectations with a bunch of people, like regardless of either side of the equation it's like okay well these are the circumstances that have got us here mm-hmm. in order for us to move forward then this is the way it has to be yeah and it's, yeah. it's communication like i said like a lot of times people can be disappointed and you get disappointed all the time but if there's a justification for said yeah. disappointment mm-hmm. and there's a resolution then it's an easy thing mm-hmm. like it might be a tough conversation but it's an easy thing to do so like and the expectation so like again like choosing a shop is like if you get to a certain point and you're like hey this is not going the way we had originally mm-hmm. discussed mm-hmm. what's the reasoning and how do we get beyond it yep and then that's all you got to do mm-hmm. and it sucks to have to do sometimes but generally if you have the proper information and 
it's it's never negative mm-hmm. like it, you, you'll see both of us like <laughs> and then it's like yeah. like this is why this is you know what we can do to resolve it and then it's like everyone's happy oh. at that it's <laughs> yeah, just yeah. communication mm. like we've never had anybody blow up whenever nothing like that <laughs> but sometimes you have to re- even reset customers like yeah, hey yeah. your expectations are getting a little out of hand here yeah and they're not meeting your resources so we either dial this back and make something come up with a plan that makes sense yeah or you have opportunity to take your car someplace else yeah mm-hmm. that's good and a lot of times sometimes that's the other side of it is like if personalities don't match oh uh, yeah mm-hmm. that's a that's a legitimate thing mm-hmm. like I've, i have customers that like i just do not gel with them and it's like <laughs> first opportunity to cut ties <laughs> You run out of you it. cut ties because it's no good for either. I'm not going to do your stuff the way you want me to do mm. it, and you don't want to deal with me. So we'll just go our separate ways. It doesn't yeah, yeah. need to be negative. Mm-hmm. Like you do it every day in any other circumstance. Yeah. Why can't you do it in the car industry? <laughs> that was funny. Yeah. No, it's true because, you, like you said, we're you create a relationship with these, these with are, these people. These are long term projects. These, mm-hmm. You know, these are these are they're humans right like we're all just humans and we all have to be able to gel well together somebody's mm-hmm. gonna i can't expect anybody to give me money for what what i'm doing you know and my stuff is good enough i can charge for it but if they don't if we don't like each other then just not going to be in the right mindset for it yeah and a lot of people come into it like i would say the single worst type of customer that we have are the people that think that once they commission us that we work for them yeah Oh, it's like, well, when you're working for me, you're like, whoa, no, no, whoa. no, hold on there. Hang on. I am doing work for you. I do not work for you. Mm-hmm. I've had to correct customers mm-hmm. in a very blunt way. And they're still customers of ours. <laughs> How long to do this? I was like, well, it's going to take two weeks. But right away, you should be able to do in the math in your head, like, oh, it's going to be $2,000. Probably take us two weeks. Two weeks is because it. We got to bring it in, assess what we need, get the parts, do the stuff, send it back out. But if you're doing the math, it should be simple math in your head. Two weeks of shop time is like, you know, $15,000, not $2,000. So (laughs) that doesn't mean that I'm working Working on on your car car for an entire two weeks. Like that doesn't make Eight hours every day for the two weeks. Yeah. So I'm going to accomplish your job sometime within the next two weeks, Mm -hmm. whether it's the first two days or the last two days it's that's my prerogative not yours <laughs> so don't check in in four days because mm-hmm. it's until two weeks has passed you got nothing to say yeah but that's we're getting on the other side of the conversation yeah but going into custom shops <laughs> you should be able to ask these questions yeah and it should make sense mm-hmm. like you you have you can look up any of these things like yeah. basic things you can sort of get a basic understanding of how long it should take and how much it should cost and when you go in there should be a plus or minus based on the level of quality said shop is known for. Mm-hmm. So if it's approximate is 3,500 and you come here and I tell you it's five, your expectation is going to be that it's going to be perfect or yep. as close to perfect as it can be. And if you go in and it's someone quotes you 25 or three grand, there might be some corners <laughs> cut. Like they might not yeah. be refinishing things. They might just be re and re it and getting you down the road. Mm-hmm. So those are like, you know, Go where you want to be. Yeah. What based on what you want to get done. Yes. And have realistic expectations. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah, and I think like in today's time we have, we have you know, 
cameras and you know photo libraries in our, in our hand in our pockets like all the time like you go into a shop maybe like show a couple of pictures so this done. is this is kind of what i'm hoping to see i want something like this done on my car can you do that and if so when and how much and yeah mm-hmm. if 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 they can do it then and they're on social media and it doesn't even look good on instagram <sighs> Stay away from them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> anybody oh, can no, make no. something look good on Instagram. Yeah, man. <laughs> I guess so. That's true. So yeah. if they look shitty on Instagram, it's probably even shittier. Zombie pieces of runner talking about some people are just bad at capturing Instagram things. Yeah. Yeah. So. We see that all the time now, too, don't we? Literally, yeah, I just yeah. showed you something today. But yeah, that's another topic that we're deviating from. But anything else? Before just we, do your research. Yes. Check out previous works. Builds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make sure they've done more cars and then just theirs. Yeah. And yeah, talk to previous customers. And that's it. And hopefully they have an example that you can look at in mm-hmm. person, you know, because photos and videos and stuff definitely does no justice for almost anything. Mm-hmm. Um, if you can go and see it, put hands on it if you're lucky enough um, and have like a legitimate conversation. Just be very, very clear. Communication is key. And uh, don't expect more than you can afford. Yes. So with that said, thank you guys so much for watching this video. Listen to this podcast. <laughs> this one was all over the place. I know we're all over. No that worry. Pretty good. That's the magic of cutting and editing. Uh, but uh, we will see you guys next week. If you like this podcast slash video or everything, give it a thumbs up. Uh, subscribe if you haven't. Uh, give this five stars on all the podcast platforms. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye.